Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. <laughs> Welcome to Sawbones, marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Um, December the 24th was the date. Uh, I came home from last minute shopping. Uh, and I found, I'm going to try not to cry. Well, first you found my dad standing in our living room holding a tool bag. Not that weird. Didn't yeah. register with me. That's true. Uh, came home and I found that my wife... It got me the one special gift that I asked for this Christmas season. And she got me a bidet. Technically, it's a washlet. Well, it warm it warms my butt. Yes. And does other bidet stuff, which I'm not going to be precious about talking about. It, uh, it attaches to our existing toilet. Right. It's not like you're probably going to talk about a lot of these sorts of things so i don't want to get too deep no i will, this I will topic i will at the end i'll i mean that's not really medical history to cover all of the uh various perks that come with different kinds of bidets and washlets but yes i'll mention it it was it was, it was the only thing i'd asked for for christmas and sydney yes. delivered it was a bit of a to-do because you have to have an outlet next to your toilet yeah, it's a whole per- it was a whole production, but I really appreciate all we that. We didn't, but now we do. That's right. Handy woman, Sydney. Handy woman, Sydney, figured out how to put an outlet in our <laughs> toilet with her own two hands and no help from her dad. I had never thought about the bidet as a uh, as a topic for our show. Even it's though- a topic for everyday conversation in my life now. It's all I'll sort of talk about. Let, let's be honest. It's been a topic in our everyday conversation for a while, ever since Travis got one. So Yes. Well, I gave one to Travis because I thought it was hilarious. And then he became obsessed with it and extolled the virtues of it to anyone who would listen. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, I can't let Travis have a better life than me. I can't <laughs> A better butt than me. A better butt, a better life than me. Uh, it was really Dr. Smith emailed us and suggested this topic. And thank you, Dr. Smith, because I never I hadn't really considered it like a medical thing. It just seemed like kind of a I don't know, a fun thing. Yeah. Well, a medical mental <laughs> but, health, mental health matters. Well, to me. I'm sorry. I don't know why you're you're uh, uh, this is not about mental health. I about my mental health. There are claims. I did not realize this. There are, there are claims Meditation. that some companies make as to the medical benefits of bidets and, and washlets, which are which I'm really just talking about a bidet seat that attaches to your existing toilet as opposed to a separate 
thing, mm-hmm. right? Like that's the bidet. Uh, but I didn't realize that there were companies that were making all these claims as to what they could do for you medically. And I thought that it was a good point. This this should be addressed because I am by no means anti-bidet, but I know we, you're should, not. we should know what we're buying and I, what it will and won't do. I noticed the settings changing when I go in there. Somebody's do it, put their own kind of spin on it. You can actually, well, I'm not going to get it. Anyway, I, it's worth mentioning that if there could be a, a, a whole other episode about the way that humans have cleaned themselves after, you know, bathrooming throughout the ages, that could be a whole episode unto itself. And I don't want to get into all that because I really want to talk about specifically the history of the bidet. I could probably cover it. Leaves, huge. Um, sponges. Actually, the Romans, a sponge on a stick, and you, and it would be like a community sponge on a stick. Dead badgers, probably. Uh, the Greeks, in the Middle used, Ages, maybe. The Greeks use clay or stone, which seems uh, uncomfortable. Exfoliating, yes. <laughs> uh, it was the the ancient Chinese that came up with the use of paper, which was like a huge step forward. Mm-hmm. Right, that was a much better idea. But even as you move into like early. American history, the early days of the United States, a lot of settlers used like corn cobs. So I guess they hadn't heard about this great paper innovation and were using corn cobs, which again, ouch. Oof. A whole history of people using things that sound unpleasant. Like they don't sound like they'd be on the table. It sounds no. like, well, obviously we won't use a corn cob. That shouldn't have made it past the blue sky. <laughs> sort of like, well, there's corn cobs. We have a lot of those lying around, nothing to do with them. Uh, Toilet paper has become, I think, the mainstay for most Wild about people. it. Uh, but does it make the most sense? Does it? Are you asking does me? Does it? Is it? Is it the best way to clean your bottom after, you know, you... Do you want me to use medical terms here? It's. A, I think the word defecate is very gross. It's bad. I know it's technically I accurate. Like used to say... Like I'm fine with you saying I'm I don't care about the word poop, but you are so I know how it pains you to talk about stuff like this. In the it's weird when I am seeing a patient and I have to talk about things like this, it doesn't even phase me. Like none of this it it doesn't even register to me that I should have any like weirdness about it. But talking outside of an exam room about poop is weird for me. I don't know what that is. I can't. I, my see, doctor brain not, has to click on. It's not a wild I dichotomy. I imagine in your day to day life, you don't put your finger in people's buttholes. Like I think that there are That's different true. standards <laughs> and practices for when you got the, your 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 uh, weird mirror wrapped around your forehead uh-huh. and your white coat on. Uh, but is there a better way than toilet paper? I mean, the, I like to think so. The bidet would Even argue... Even though Toilet Paper still has a guest starring role in yes. the process. Well, that's that's debatable, but we'll get there. Okay. So the word bidet, do you know where it comes from? What, no. the, what the word it's, bidet? It's I mean, our, you could probably no. guess the language of origin. French. Yes, it's a French word, bidet. Uh, it comes from a word for pony. Why? How do you sit on a bidet? I don't know. Bareback? Oh, gosh, Justin. What? <laughs> no, you just straddle it. You straddle it like you would a pony, like you oh, would a horse. Got it. Yeah. I thought mine was good. Yeah. Did I, which, by the way, I read that and thought, oh, that's how one uses a bidet. <laughs> sure, you straddle. Because I didn't know, because we don't have those. No, they are not. I don't think, have you ever seen one in your real life? I don't think. I don't think I have. Surely I must have. I mean, I I was all over Europe. 
but the you know they don't have a lot of bidets in hostels though so yeah, fair. <laughs> uh or at least not the ones that i stayed in perhaps there were hostels with bidets so you're i guess you're supposed to straddle a bidet and that's where and, and it it's a certain kind of horse like a really like short stocky like short-legged little pony and so it makes sense because original bidets kind of looked that way mm-hmm. like these little squat porcelain bowls with wooden legs that just kind of hunched over in the corner of your bedroom <laughs> is this something that would i mean okay i'm gonna I'm reveal my uh ignorance here but like did how would it work without plumbing i don't know how you would like so the original bidets and and these date back just to kind of put you in a, a setting probably the late 1600s is when bidets started appearing in france uh and it there is a thought as to who invented it, although we're not 100% sure. The guy who gets credit the most is named Christophe de Rosier, and he was a furniture maker. And that's what this is often like. It leads back to French furniture makers. Which one made the first one? Which one had the first one in their bedroom? I don't know. But he, this guy made uh, furniture for French royalty, and there's at least this story where in 1710 uh, there was a, a pot put in the bedroom of Madame de Prix, who was the wife of the French prime minister, uh, specifically for washing the genitals. Mm. So at this point, it would have been literally like a wooden, like four wooden legs with a little porcelain pot in the middle, maybe like decorated. It could have been quite ornate, you know, because it was made for royalty. So it would have been a very beautiful piece of furniture. And you would just put water in it and then straddle it and kind of wash everything got right? it splash up there and wash everything splash up there and wash everything yes so like no plumbing involved at this point okay um uh, and they were because of this more were installed throughout the palace of versailles and and it spread from there that is and, and this may be like an amalgam of various stories like various members of french royalty and various furniture makers who had this idea because at this point in history to bathe was an ordeal right like if you didn't have plumbing, bathing meant we have to haul water into this big tub, warmed water, until we fill it up. So the idea is just like, how about a little something for the genitals? As right. long as we're in here. Yes, because the thought was this would be good for after you go to the bathroom, right? Clean everything up after that. It would be used for, this is part of where the word bidet actually comes from. After a long horse ride was a common use for it, um, yeah. that you would come back and- you know, clean everything up because you've been on horseback and maybe you get a little funky. (laughs) So, so it was used for that. Um, It was also a, it was also seen as a proper way to prepare oneself for other bedroom activities. Sleep. No. Recuperating from the flu. No, I'm talking about sexual activity. Oh my. Well, well, well. That you may, you may want to. It's Friday afternoon. (laughs) You may want to freshen up a little bit. Uh, before that. And so it was, it was used for all these things. And like I said, everybody, it it was originally associated with royalty. And so you would see these and you can look up pictures of old bidets and they're all like beautifully painted and they get on gold or silver. You probably get on some sort of list. (laughs) Old bidet, high res, glossy JPEGs. The, uh, the last search on, in my search history is Napoleon's bidet. So... (laughs) There we go. Uh, I don't know what lists I'm on, 
but I bet they're interesting. Yeah, you're probably already on them, though. This oh, yeah. This is like our 300 bajillionth episode. Like, you're on the list. <laughs> Wherever the lists are, you're on them. My pop-up ads, ever since we did the home lab tests and, really? I, searched, and I searched for home STI testing, my pop-up ads are wild. Yeah. <laughs> So anyway, uh, like I said, the original bidets were just these little porcelain pots with legs. Um, eventually they had like hand pump operated sprayers that were kind of added on. So you could like pump the thing and spray. Like a super soaker. <laughs> basically. Yes. Like a super soaker for you're down there, mm-hmm. you know, basically. That's what it said on the bowl. <laughs> just engraved on there. This uh, here there be like on super soaker for... Thine <laughs> down there. Yay, verily. Uh, the the one that Napoleon had, I, I Googled this because I kept reading about Napoleon's bidet, and this is true. He had a silver gilt bidet that I guess he, he would even like take with him on his travels when he would go places, like pack the bidet. We must have the bidet because they, they weren't hooked up to anything, so they were quite, well, I mean, probably heavy, but still portable. Uh, but Always he, good to highlight, by the way, Napoleon's bidet, excellent band name, free to use. <laughs> But he left his in his will to his son. And I, I found Napoleon's will and found that that is oh, true. Oh, wow. Grody. <laughs> That's extremely grody. Well, if, if That's nothing else. That's the grodiest thing. I, that's very grody. You know how you know how in Far and Away, Nicole Kidman brings that big suitcase full of spoons to sell in the new world so that she can like make her way. Like she has a giant suitcase full of spoons. No. Cindy, and then she loses them no right away. Watched, no one's ever seen <laughs> Far and Away. Do you know at the end of Far and Away it says, thanks for watching, Sydney? It's in the credits. You're the only one that has seen and remembered Far and Away. I've seen it maybe more than once. But she, she, she brings the spoons not to use the spoons, but to sell the spoons because they're like silver, you know. They're expensive. And so anyway, maybe that was Napoleon's thought was like, if all else fails, son, you can sell the bidet. Sell this bidet to the silver bidet. To the con heads. <laughs> uh, Marie Antoinette even had a bidet in her prison cell. It is reported that, that they were so important for royalty that even before you execute someone, right. you could not deprive them of their right to, to freshen basic, up their basic genitals. Basic human right. Yes. To keep their perineum fresh. Uh, it seems like it, it briefly caught on in France, kind of spread throughout, mainly like rich people and royalty had access to these things because you had to have them made and, and they were kind of associated with that. Um, but it, it seemed to have died down somewhat. Uh, I don't know if that was some of them, some people tie it to the revolution, the French revolution. And so that at that point, like, because it was really just a royalty thing, it wasn't, it didn't spread much beyond them at that point. Um, Except for in uh, it went to other parts of Europe. So like at this point, it's weird because you kind of can follow the history of the bidet a lot more closely in Italy, like Italy and Portugal. And there were other places throughout Europe where it actually became way more widespread and was seen in everybody's home and like was much more. Whereas like in France, it kind of went away for a while and then came back. Now, during the time that it wasn't as popular in France, there was still one place where you could always find it. And that was uh, in brothels. And so that would lead to a really, as we get it, as we move into American history with the bidet, this is really a tie to this. This this is why, if you're wondering, as an American, why do we not have bidets? 
This is going to get it to that answer. Um, it wasn't until the 1800s that you saw them migrate from the bedroom to the bathroom because a bidet initially would have been in the bedroom because why, why keep it in the bathroom? It's not hooked to anything. Mm, yeah, except, I mean, a little privacy might be nice. <laughs> well, I mean, just shut your bedroom door. Yeah, but if you're preparing for the making of you, love. You're also thinking, I mean, like, remember, if we're getting into, like, the history well, of French royals, like, some of them held court while sitting on the toilet. Like, right. we could revisit the royal fistula. I'd rather not. But anyway, so... They, they moved into the bathroom as we began to see indoor plumbing. Ah, okay. Because then you could have something with like taps on it. You know, sure, you could yeah, actually have something that like had water. Um, it was still used for generally the same idea. Genitally you know, the same idea, did you say? Genitally or generally. Um, and from there, they spread throughout Europe, Asia, Latin America. A lot of different parts of the world started to take up the practice of putting installing a bidet next to the toilet in the bathroom. That became very commonplace many places. It's funny, even as kind of jumping ahead, there were like it became part of a standard like code as you would like if you're going to put in a new bathroom somewhere by the 70s there were certain countries where like it was standard you yeah. had to put a bidet in it was just part of the thing this isn't up to code no you, you don't have a bidet you gotta have a bidet unhygienic now, somehow americans were clueless about all this until world war ii uh -huh. and that was the first opportunity that americans really had to see a lot of bidets and to see them in action and see what they could do and as i have already alluded to where did they see these bidets they saw them in brothels so this this begins the uh puritanical american response to, to the day well I'm, I'm eager to hear about it and justin i'm going to tell you about it <gasps> right after we go to the billing department let's go the medicines the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth quip the makers of the quip electric toothbrush they want you to know that no matter what brand you use if you have good habits, you are good. I think that that's nice. They're oh, looking out for nice. your health. That's more important to them than whatever uh, toothbrush you buy. But you know what? Quip does make it easier. If you if you want to try to improve your brushing habits, sometimes people brush for, let's say, 30 to 40 seconds, and then they get bored. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't eat while I'm doing this. This mm -hmm. sucks. I'm going to quit. When go do something else. You sound like you have personal experience with this. I heard my friend Dustin mm -hmm. told me about this, and uh, you really should be brushing for two minutes, you know, and equally around the mouth. What Quip does is that it does these little pulses where every thirty seconds it pulses and lets you know to like switch a different quadrant of your mouth, like your upper left part of your mouth or whatever. And then, uh, then after two minutes, it like so you know that hey, I'm done brushing. It's great. Uh, and they, what they do, so that's one way they help you improve your habits. They also help you by switching out your brush heads more regularly mm -hmm. on the, on the, the dentist recommended schedule. So they just ship them straight to you when you sign up with Quip. They send you one when it's time to, to switch them out. And they got floss and toothpaste refills too, uh, every three months and the shipping's free. You, you, cool. you really have to tell your friend Dustin Gackleroy about this. If you this. like Dustin Gackleroy, uh, want to improve your habits, head to get Quip. Q-U-I-P dot com slash sawbones right now. Get your first refill free. That's get Q-U-I-P dot com slash sawbones. Quip. It's the good habits company. Yeah, that's nice. Uh, so you, you learn how to brush your teeth. You're brushing um, 
every day, two minutes, loving it. Want to tell people kind of like a brag about like how how good you are at brushing. What's the best way to share your dental hygiene habits with the world? Well, my friends, it's to start your own dental hygiene website where you talk about how great you are at brushing your teeth. Kind of a brag. How do you start to put together a website? Nobody knows, except one company is brave enough to reveal the secrets to us, the layman. It's Squarespace. They have the the guts to share the secrets, the keys to the castle, and to help you and me, the common folk, make our own dental hygiene websites. Uh, Everybody's using this thing. Gamers, coaches, coaches of gamers, uh, healthcare (laughs) professionals, studios. Gamers of coaches. Gamers of coaches. People who trick coaches into playing Parcheesi with them. Uh, uh, Sports teams. Uh, everybody is using Squarespace and it can help you a blogger publish content with, uh, with your new, new highfalutin website. You can promote your business, announce projects, whatever you want to do with a website. You can do it with uh, Squarespace. Plus they got, uh, built in e-commerce for functionalities. You can sell stuff and, uh, 24 seven award-winning customer support, which is wonderful. So right now, check out squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code SAWBONES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Now, Sydney, you were uh, about to tell me the, the coming to America portion of bidets, or rather perhaps the the not coming to America it, portion of the story. If you, if you read about bidets, if you learn about bidets, you get to this weird moment where you ask yourself, while the rest of the world was adopting the use of the bidet, and especially as plumbing made that so easy to do. Why did Americans not follow suit? It is um, wild if you think about it. We're very big into pampering ourselves. Yes. Very big into comfort. Luxury. Luxury. Big into hygiene for, mm-hmm. for a lot yes. of people. It's like a big thing over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of weird that we're we're not down with bidets. So this probably, I mean, who knows the, the everyone's individual reason in their head and back in the 1800s and 1900s, but... Uh, It probably relates to the fact that we do not in this country, shockingly enough, have a great track record about being open uh, when we're discussing issues of uh, sex or nakedness or anything like that. Uh, We tend to have quite prudish roots. And so, yes. So you can imagine as these soldiers are coming home from Europe after World War Two. The only place that they've seen these things, whether or not they thought they were great. Let's 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 go ahead and suppose that there was a soldier who thought they were just amazing. Mm-hmm. All of us was great. I felt so fresh. I want one of these every time I go to the bathroom. But where did you use it? Well, honey. So what you're <laughs> suggesting is that all of our GIs came home to to a person. All our GIs come home and they're just wandering around thinking. <laughs> Man, I wish I could admit I knew what bidets was. I'd love to have one, and I just can't admit that I know what they were. If one other person no. would admit that they knew what bidets were, then I could. We could all finally admit that we love bidets and we solve them in brothels. The the the. The way the human mind works is so much murkier and convoluted than that. It's not that straightforward. People came home with these ideas that they use these things that were sort of taboo. Like it was part of the whole thing. The sex was taboo. The bidet was taboo. 
I can't talk about any of it. Or if I do, I'll say you won't believe what those wild French people have over there. Yeah. Which is what it. Brothels. (laughs) Well, it's what it became. It became this idea that like, well, certainly as Americans, we would never use this. But you know how French people are when it comes to the sex stuff. And that's how it that was the thought of it. It became associated with sex and with sinful behavior and with things that that, you know, good, clean American fun wouldn't allow. Sure. And uh, this was further perpetuated by the fact that at this time in history, a popular but completely ineffective form of contraception was douching. Mm. In both American and British history at this point in time, uh, douching with various substances after sexual intercourse was thought to prevent pregnancy uh of course this is absolutely not true this does not work please do not try this this is we we did a whole i think we've talked about this before in our contraception episode this doesn't work in any way um but a bidet was one way that one could theoretically douche following sexual intercourse and prevent pregnancy so not only have we now associated bidets with there's something that Europeans do. They might be associated with sex and maybe sex with someone other than your married partner, but also maybe you use it to try to prevent pregnancy after you've had this unprotected sex with someone other than your married partner. Uh, okay. Yeah. So at this point, they be, they just became this very shameful thing in the minds of Americans. Weird. We don't understand it. We don't know them. We don't have them. Let's just stay away from them. And people tried to to like move beyond this all throughout. If you look throughout American history, there've been attempts by various uh, people seeking money. Just trying to, to make to, a run at bidets. Yes. You know who even tried was John Harvey Kellogg. That does not surprise me. Yes. He was all about um, a lot of bad, shameful, sexual sure. ideas. Sure. Um, yes. He, he, the original King in, Shamer. In the sense that, yes, in the sense that he was, he was putting shame on people for their various sexual uh, normal desires and he tried to introduce something that he called the anal douche mm, that sounds great yeah <laughs> great yeah it was please. it was very similar to a bidet it was actually like a separate shower head attachment and that's it's very much like what you'll find throughout the middle east as the as that version of the bidet is like a separate little attachment that you can spray everything down with so it, it was the same but i mean people just didn't like it nobody in the u.s i don't like this wanted that hey, harvey I don't like this. The douche, the anal douche you said was good and I would like. Turns mm. out, egg on your face, I don't like this anal douche. <laughs> or even if people did like the anal douche, also all that stuff you said about masturbation is really wrong and yeah. you do some really whack stuff and you're a bad guy. And, and I've eaten so much yogurt this week, John Harvey Kellogg. Your your cornflakes are okay, but that's like the only thing like you good. did. Right. Well, they're not good. They're, they're just fine. They're fine. And the cornflakes are fine, but everything else you did was pretty bad. Your Elf on a Shelf cereal uh, is, well, you won't make it for like 150 years, but when you do, <laughs> it will be subpar as well. Sorry. Uh, he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I wrote a whole essay once about how he's a bad guy. It's in our book. It's in our book. Anyway. <laughs> in the- An essay is a weird way of framing it. It's just <laughs> part of our book you wrote, Sid. <laughs> Well, I didn't want to. I once wrote like a monologue. I was shamelessly, I once wrote a one act monologue for the theater <laughs> called the Sawbones Book. It's, it's part of a book. In the sixties, the American Bidet Company made a run at it, 
as you can tell. I mean, with a name like that, what choice did they have? (laughs) Uh, Led by Arnold Cohen. He tried to convince everybody, hey, bidets are great. And I don't know why we don't have them yet, but like, it's time. I've staked my business. (laughs) It is time. The fact that y'all are going to love these. It was basically just a little sprayer on a toilet seat that you could attach to your existing toilet, which is a better, that's a better pitch for the American public because then you don't have to like, add a whole other thing to your bathroom that has to be plumbed and everything. This is just something that could be attached, mm-hmm. uh, which is very similar, as a lot of people may know, to what is sold in a lot of places today, um, including in the U.S. Americans still didn't like it, but Japan loved it. Uh, and this idea that that the American Bidet Company with Arnold Cohen had led to what we now know today as the washlet which includes the like super toilet seat, like the amazing robot oh, the toilet. With, ads on it. Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, you know, you can, it can uh, spray you off. Of course it can dry your bottom. It can deodorize things. The seat will stay warm. I mean, it's a whole, it, it, this was the prototype that eventually caught on like wildfire in Japan and, and gave birth to all these, you know, sadly, the American super toilets, American bidet company. <laughs> Couldn't quite cut it here, but uh, they renamed to ABC, just shortened it. <laughs> and now they're making great programming. That's not true. Like Shark Tank. That would be interesting. That would be an interesting fact if that was the next thing you said. Yes, that is not true, though. There was a bidet uh, or a washlet advertised on Shark Tank, though, if you want that tie-in. There. Thank you. There yes. You yes. Uh, it's they, self-promotional, though. At this point, though... Easy. It, it was still a pretty expensive thing. And a lot of the ones that you'll find, the like super high-end, fancy uh, bidet slash washlet, whatever you want to call it, something that attaches to your pre-existing toilet, it, it you'll find very expensive ones. I mean, they're three, 400 bucks more, even some of them. Yikes. Yes, they're, they're quite pricey. Uh, and this was another, you know, this was a problem. If you're trying to like break in widespread to the American market, a lot of people are like, no, you know what? My toilet seat is fine. I don't also, think I, I need that. I just don't think you can get past the fact that your neighbors don't have one. And it makes it seem like you at this at, at this point in history. I mean, when yes. like perception and, and, and keeping up with the Joneses is everything like the idea that you would have this and other people didn't need it. It seems like you need more help there. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, listen, you don't understand what I'm doing in there. I can't. Simple paper. I got to get a hazmat team in there. Okay. We're still so bad about talking about any of these things, right? Like we still have so much stigma when it comes to just like normal bodily functions and what everybody does that. I mean, you can see where, yeah. Why do you have a weird toilet? What's up with you? What's wrong with your butt? (laughs) What what is your Your butt butt doing that my butt isn't? Uh, there are new additions to the market now, obviously, um, where they're more affordable. They're way easier to install now. Um, and it's definitely a growing market. Uh, you, you will find in the last like five or six years, every year, more bidets and washlets are being sold in the U.S. Uh, on two, it's kind of two different ways that they're pitching it. It's interesting because I found some that are marketed more towards like, like the boomers, like the older Americans mm-hmm. as like, this is the new luxury that you are not treating yourself to. The rest of the world knows of this great luxury and you have not yet experienced it. And your your bottom is in need. You must try this. And then I've also seen it pitched more as uh, like to millennials as like a self-care thing. 
this is something that you could be doing for your body to like take better care of yourself and feel better every day. And, and the newer ones are making it more affordable to do so. So like treat yourself, Mm -hmm. get a bidet, get a bidet. Yes. Um, but both are seeming to make some inroads because you're, you're seeing these, especially these that attach to your toilet already. That's a lot easier to pitch than like have a bidet installed in your bathroom. Um, you're seeing them more and more spread. The other thing that is, that is, intriguing to younger people especially is this better for the environment uh i mean i could say if it's using electricity maybe not but uh probably saves on paper for sure so that that these are the answers and i am not an expert in this arena i've i read all about bidets and tried to figure out what the truth there is because depending on who you ask you'll get different answers but in some ways if you have septic issues are like a less less uh if you run into so problems i definitely want to i want to address that hold that thought for a second okay. first of all the paper obviously it cuts down on paper usage clearly i mean even if you use a bidet and then kind of wipe as a follow-up um because if the seat doesn't have a drying function you're going to need to at least wipe the water off right. even if it's cleaned you completely there's your butt's wet that's unpleasant yeah nobody um, wants that no you not you don't want to put your panties and your pants on and then go out into the world with a wet butt so you still might use some toilet paper although the new ones with drying function seek to completely eliminate toilet paper Mm. um most people still use some toilet paper it it seems so it does save trees for sure in that respect with typical usage you consume less water in a bidet cycle than you do in making that same amount of like theoretical toilet paper you would use so like you actually save water with like typical use of a bidet i know that sounds strange yeah but it's it uh, apparently there's so much water used in the toilet paper making process so if we're talking i mean if if toilet paper didn't exist that wouldn't be true but if we're talking about an alternative people are going to clean their butts right with something so if it's an alternative to toilet paper it actually uses less water which i didn't expect so good for trees good for water um but if you start throwing in all the like perks the seat warming and the deodorizing and some of them have lights in the bowl and all kinds of things (laughs) unnecessary is that i mean the the, the electricity and everything you're using at that point and then you might it it may either end up neutral or maybe even to the negative i don't know i mean you just see in there It's the toilet light it's, comes on. I, there's my jippy. It's That's for aim. For aim? For people who pee standing up. Uh-huh. If they go pee in the middle of the night and don't want to turn the light on. Oh, I So that just the water lights up and then you know right where you're I guess. aiming. I mean, I guess if you sit down too, but it's a little. I guess, yeah. But yeah, that, either way. It's for, it's fall, for night usage fall, and not having to turn on the heart. bathroom light. I just believe in myself and follow my heart. Mm, you I, miss a lot. Your heart is not always guiding you in the right direction. The other thing is if the alternative is those flushable wipes. Oh, yeah. Those aren't flushable. No. And we probably. There's lots of things that you can flush. That don't make it mean you should. <laughs> it's like when I talked to uh, Charlie about the difference between like, yes, Play-Doh is non-toxic, but that is not the same as being edible. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. If the alternative is wipes, that's not a great alternative uh, because even flushable wipes have caused problems for septic systems. They create something called fatbergs. Why? Like icebergs, but they're made of the fat that comes out of human waste combined with the little fibers oh, as the flushable this. wipes break down. I actually don't want to know. Create this. these giant fatbergs. It's not too late. It's not too late. That have been like, there was one in London that was like, 
10 tons that clogged the septic system and it cost them tons of money to fix. And there's estimated that there's another one still underneath the city that is even like that is like 100 tons or something like this giant fatberg. Anyway, flushable wipes are probably not a great Tell me, admit that you made that up. No, I didn't. Like dark twisted Clive Barker style. I would say whatever your whatever your plan is for taking care of your butt after you go to the bathroom, flushable wipes are probably not our best bet. All right, fine. Um, I'll just flush all these wipes down the toilet then. The, they're so terrible. The the big thing is the health. I mean, that's what we got to get to, right? The medical. Yes. What what do people say? So there are a lot of companies that advertise them as also good for you medically. Not only are they a nice thing and they get you clean and you feel good and they treat yourself, all those things that are fine to say. They also say that they have medical benefits. Um, some of the things they say are they can prevent urinary tract infections. They can help treat hemorrhoids. They can help treat anal fissures. They can help treat rectal prolapse, anal fistulas, anal itching, ulcerative colitis, irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's disease, um, ostomies, and that they also reduce bacteria on your butt and in your vagina, and that this is a positive thing to reduce the bacterial load in those areas of your body. Mm, that doesn't ring true for me. So let's let's break this down. First of all, as you can imagine, when it comes to like actual studies nothing right right well and as one doctor as i was reading the about this pointed out imagine the control group if you're going to do a blinded study you have to have people who used a bidet and people who thought they used a bidet but didn't (laughs) (laughs) hey that was my sink well how do you get back in here how do you spray water on someone's butt it's just a it's just a cardboard hole in the floor and a guy with a super sucker below it. Like and that even that wouldn't work because that's simulating a bidet. I know. Well, that's what you have to make people think Couldn't that water use... was just sprayed on their butt, but water wasn't actually sprayed on Couldn't their butt. Could we do like a uh, <laughs> I don't know the exact word, but like a cultural study because the two cultures are so like if you saw like a le- a lower rate of some of these things in countries that use bidets a lot. Yes, but you can't control the variables then. If you have, if you have like the, how many other confounders might be thrown in there that would actually change the rate of those things? It'd be a really hard study. I mean, you could make those comparisons, but it would be very hard to draw any kind of conclusive, you know, anything more than correlation. Any, any causation would be very difficult. But, um, but as I said, there's no real evidence for any of it. Aside from the fact that these studies would be hard to design, not a lot of them have even been done. They're very few. They're very small. Um, If you have an itchy butt. Go on. Paritis ani, if your butt itches. uh, And and you have been told that we can't find anything wrong. You've been to your doctor. They can't find any kind of infection or parasite or anything else causing it. And they tell you, like, maybe it's an irritant and, and maybe all things should just keep things away from your butt until it feels better, I guess. Maybe it would help with that. This is more convenient than like having to take a shower every time you poop. True. Um, But most anything else we're going to talk about, there's really no. And you can you could make an argument that like it's healthier in the sense that if I'm not wiping, I'm my hands are staying cleaner. Right. Yeah. If I'm not touching the area where the poop was then there's less likelihood that I'm going to get any of that fecal bacteria on my hands and touch anyone with it. Um, but you could also just wash your hands. Mm-hmm. And again, most people do still wipe at least some after they use a bidet. There was a study where they um, tried to see if they could help with things like hemorrhoids 
because hemorrhoids have a lot to do with excess pressure down there. Mm. Uh, and so they did a study where they measured pressure. They like inserted a pressure probe in the rectum of patients of participants to see like would they Hopefully have fully paid participants <laughs> well i mean informed <laughs> i don't know <laughs> they were informed uh to see if they had more or less pressure without the use of the bidet and they found that there was less pressure in the in the rectal area when you used a bidet which you would think would mean fewer hemorrhoids but like there is no way that from that tiny study you could say so bidets prevent hemorrhoids right uh do they subjectively make you itch less or hurt less maybe i mean anecdotally i've heard that reported that like well my hemorrhoids feel better if i use the bidet to clean up than if i use toilet paper perhaps yeah but i mean again that's it's very subjective i think that's fine but like that to say they're going to prevent hemorrhoids we don't have enough data right now um there was another small study that suggested that perhaps this would be really great for use in the care of like elder adults who Mm. have difficulty getting themselves clean after the bathroom yeah and there was it showed some positive results, but they still they still needed someone there to assist them afterwards um, in wiping. So it didn't completely, you know, it's not like it does not give independence. Right. right it was right, right. it was a good thing, but it didn't completely return them bathroom independence. Makes sense. Um, the, the other thing I would say is that and all these other things, there's just no studies. I mean, there is no way like to say that it prevents UTIs to say that it does anything for irritable bowel syndrome. Um, I, I just don't. They're not basing that on anything, certainly. Um, and it obviously, as I've already said, is not contraception. It will not prevent pregnancy. In you all form. at home should have figured that out. I bet even people at the time were like, I don't know. I'll try it. I'm already squatting. <laughs> but, but probably it, not. I think no. I'm probably hosed. Uh, the There is potential for harm, I will say. And some of these are pretty obvious and easy to avoid. One is... Uh, there was a case where somebody burned themselves where they turned the water too hot. It's an awkward doctor's um, visit. Yeah. So obviously if the water is too, you, please don't put any part of your body in yeah, hot, don't, in hot don't water. Don't overclock so. your, your bidet to give you <laughs> um, scalding temps. It also, you can adjust the pressure on some of them and too high pressure. Blow a hole through your butt, second well, hole. Well, you can damage the sphincter activity like the, the sphincter itself so like you too high pressure could be dangerous but i mean these things typically you can control for i mean these are these are kind of rare things but you do need to be aware of them if you're going to use a bidet there is a possibility some people have brought up we've talked about before like the bacterial cloud that happens when you flush the toilet remember we talked about that when oh you flush yeah because it, shoots, it the shoots the bacteria up, in the yeah. area and that the dryer could do that as well. Like if your if your bidet has a drying function, could blow just blows the bacterial cloud up in the air. But but there's again, as I said in that episode, there's no evidence that this is doing anything to anybody. It sounds gross, it feels gross, but like yeah. as far as people actually getting sick from it, it happens when you're flushing anyway, right? Yeah, there, I mean, there's no evidence of that. Um, there there is. I will say, I would push back really hard against. You'll see places say this will help remove that extra bacteria from your butt, your perineum, your vagina, around your urethra, that whole area. Um, there's no. First of all, no, you don't need to do that. There's no need. There's no extra bacteria. Once you have removed the feces, 
you're good. Okay, yeah. Um, the bacteria that are there need to be the, there. The bacteria that are in a vagina need to be in a vagina. The bacteria, I mean, uh, this is all normal flora. If there is a problem and you're having pain or discharge or whatever, please go see a doctor. But as far as the idea that like, if you're healthy and feel fine and you're not having any symptoms, you still might have too much bacteria, bacteria. in your butt or in your vagina. That's not, there's no basis for that. Yeah. So like the idea that you would need to do anything, including a bidet to remove that bacteria is totally false. Um, and if you look at like some bidets have a rear or it's also called sometimes the family setting, <laughs> <laughs> the rear setting or the Get family everybody setting. on the bidet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, and then they also might have a front setting. Oh, that one's just for your parents. <laughs> Not a family the- anymore. The front, private <laughs> the front setting is to, uh, again, wash any of the front genitals that you, whatever your front genitals are to wash those. Um, and it, it has also sometimes been, uh, pushed as a, Hey, this is really good if you have a vagina because it can clean out your vagina, mm. um, sort of like a, like a douche would. Right. Um, and as we have covered on this show before, nobody uh, needs a douche. Well, there is no need for a cisgender woman to douche. Right. Uh, Cisgender women do not need to douche their vaginas. Your vagina has the bacteria. It has for a good reason. That flora is important. Douching has been uh, shown to be bad. It is unnecessary. And And it furthers this myth that the vagina needs to be corralled. (laughs) <laughs> needs to be like In- kept proper for anyone else. I mean, it, like the, that there's something inherently wrong with it, that it's gross or it smells bad or that there's that you need to keep it maintained. Right. No, I mean, like, just be clean like the rest of you. And that's it. You do not need to douche. If you're a cisgender woman and you have a vagina, you don't need a douche. Um, I, I make that distinction because it is important to know that um, for trans women, who have had vaginoplasty, they, there is a necessity to douche. Um, and there, there's a protocol for that, but that that's an important t- distinction to make is that for a cisgender woman, there's no need to douche your vagina for a transgender woman, uh, with a vagina, you may well, and probably do need a douche. Um, so listen to your doctor. If your doctor is saying that I'm not contradicting them, listen to your doctor. Uh, if you have a mobility issue, could a bidet make it easier to keep clean? Probably. Probably. But uh, again, I'm, I'm, this is, this is me guessing. Sure. Probably. Maybe. Case by case, I would guess. Yes. I I think it's very individual. And so I'd say like as far as on the medical end, they're pretty neutral. I think that the potential for harm from a bidet is fairly low Mm -hmm. if used appropriately, um, considering all the settings and everything we talked about. So but I think that the idea that it's going to cure or treat or prevent anything I, I really don't I don't have any data that would make me say that I would say it's fine. I mean, I have now used one. It's nice. It's nice. You feel clean. So, I you, guess. so you come down at neutral. I come down on it. Well, medically, I just I think there's no harm. Okay. No, no, uh, no help, really. It's like it's not a medical device. How about that? Let's take it out of the medical realm. Not everything has to be medical. Not everything has to be for your health. Some things can just be this feels nice. I enjoy it. I would like to have it on my toilet and I'm using it appropriately and I'm not expecting it to do anything for me medically. It just is a nice thing. All right. Well, we've heard from Sydney and now we're ready to begin my three hour lecture on the benefits of the bidet. 
If you look at the first slide, bidets saved my life. That's right, folks. Strap in. Did bidets save your life? No, but it is nice. Um, that's you enjoy gonna, the bidet. I enjoy the bidet. That's going to yeah. do it for us here on um, uh, Sawbones, the podcast that we're recording currently. I don't know why I had to summon up the title of it, but I know it. If, don't act like I don't if, know what it's called. If you want a bidet or washlet, there are a lot of affordable models out there now. And there's, there should be no stigma, but they're also not going to like cure you of anything. Yeah. So, um, uh, Thank you so much to the taxpayers for the use of their song medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, thanks to the Maximum Fund Network for having us as a part of their uh, podcasting family. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a book that we wrote. We referenced it during this show. It's called the Sawbones book. You can find it wherever books are sold and, uh, lots of people like it and, and maybe you will too. Uh, we're, we're real proud of it. Um, is that going to do it for us, Ed? I think that's it. That is going to do it for us. Oh, you know what? Something we have not mentioned yet. We, and I want to get these dates exactly right because, uh, I don't want to mislead anyone. On February 19th, we are going to be at the uh, Taft Theater in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes. February 19th with, with my brother, my brother, and me. Uh, if you go to bit.ly forward slash become the monster, you can get tickets to see that show. Um, tickets are like 40 bucks, and you can come see it. We're doing the Adventure Zone uh, the, the night after if you want to uh, come see that too. Um, but that is going to actually do it for us for this week. So until next time, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.